Now on Giddy Up, it's time for the Monday Means Test with Wayne Hawks and John O'Neill. Yes, good morning. It's time for the Monday Means Test here on Giddy Up. Gareth Hall with you and as always on a Monday, the two biggest opinions in the game these days, Johnny O'Neill and Wayne Hawks. Um, they're not with me in the studio today. I feel a little bit lonely. Hawksy, hello to you, first of all. Morning, Gareth. How are you? I am well and um, hello to you, Johnny O'Neill. Johnny's just having a few problems with his Zoom. I know that technology would test him <laughs> out, Wayne, so we might just have to get out. Test me out every day of my life. Yeah. Don't worry about that. We might just Plenty have Plenty of people listen to me going, while all the internet's going well, we're all happy, but as yeah. soon as it stops, yeah. our world turns to, you know yeah, what. Yeah, Ollie can, Ollie can help Johnny out. We might have to get him on the, on, the, on, the, on the phone because sometimes when you're doing Zoom for the first time, it can be a little bit confusing. So I'll get stuck into it because we've got a couple <coughs> of special guests coming up shortly. Johnny wanted to have Liam O'Keefe on and Butch Bourne to have a chat about the tracks. Um, Butch, about your comments last week on Seymour, Wayne, and um, Johnny just wants to pick Liam O'Keefe's brain just a little bit because he's been frustrated with the, the way that the tracks have been playing, especially in Melbourne of late. So um, looking forward to catching up with Liam. But my King's Gambit to kick off proceedings, nothing really from the weekend, but I just think in Victoria it's a great opportunity for racing to make full use of this week off that the AFL is having before the final series because it's a dream race meeting for mine on Saturday with the Memsey Stakes. If you get a clash between I Wish I Win, who is the best sprinter in the land, arguably, along with Giga Kick, and two of the best milers in the land and two of the most popular horses in the country, Mr Brightside and Alligator Blood, it is a marketer's dream there for Caulfield on Saturday. So hopefully... There's a lot of people that turn up to Caulfield on Saturday to watch these great thoroughbreds in action. And it will be some race, that Group 1 Memsey there, Wayne, on Saturday. We did have Wayne. We might have lost him. Yep, I'm here, mate. Sorry. Oh, sorry, mate. We... I was just saying that what a great race the Memsey's going to be. Well, you know what? I mean, I don't think... Look, to be honest, I reckon two months ago, I don't think anyone would have thought I wish I win was going to run in it first up. You'd be thinking it would be running in a shorter race and uh, and then heading towards the Everest. So Peter Moody's um, <clears throat> he's uh, certainly helped to make the Memsey a uh, a Group One of uh, of high standing. And it's not just about him and his horse, but we probably spoke weeks ago about these early races, and I think we're talking about the Wink Stakes a couple of weeks ago, and having these races run so early, they're not grand finals, and should they be group ones if they're not grand finals? So I think this race is going to end up being a uh, a pretty good form reference and a pretty good form guide, and what's the date today? The 28th of August, so I mean, we haven't even hit spring yet, we're still in winter, so spring It'll be the first uh, the first group one of the uh, of the spring. Yeah, it'll be something else. And we'll get to one of the categories, what will be the headline act this weekend with our crystal ball. But, Johnny, I think it's you're, you're one of the great advertising gurus in the game. It is a great opportunity for the MRC and Racing Victoria to promote this beautiful game with no AFL this weekend and the best horses doing battle at the Heath. Yeah, look, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, having I wish I win there, as Hawksy said, uh, is, is a huge bonus. Um, obviously, Alligator Blood um, sort of dominates these distances and, you know, Brightside was huge first up. Whether it'll be as good second up, it'll be interesting. But I think the most pleasing thing is the punters, um, the people that are going to support the racing, you're going to get a track that races well. So that's half the challenge. So we get to Caulfield, great surface, 
great racing. Let's get ready for the spring, huh? All right, then let's get stuck into the means test now with our categories, and we'll kick off with our Onos. And Johnny, you can kick off with O-Nos on this uh, Monday morning. Yeah, what a, what a wonderful uh, race meeting we had on uh, Saturday at, uh, at Mooney Valley. Um, some nice horses getting ready for, for better races. And again, we get dished up one of the most extraordinary things I've ever seen. Um, we understand that traditionally there's been a leader bias there, but I know some people that walk the track early in the week and some people that do a lot of work walk the track later in the week and certainly look like a one-lane highway near the rail. So apparently there was some watering. Um, some people were certainly sitting at the track and saw that happen near the rail. So that certainly evened things out early in the day. But um, so, so Johnny, later in the day, I'm, I'm... <laughs> later in the day, it just... Uh, it just turned into a conveyor belt. And if you have a look at some of the races, like um, certainly race eight, certainly race nine, certainly race 10, certainly race seven. Uh, you know, most of the horses, once the trap sorted itself out, if you didn't get to the front, you couldn't win. And I mean, we just got to do something about it. You just can't play on the place. It's just, it's. I was really disappointed. And and I think, again, we need to just be open with the punters and everybody and, and declare the information. I think um, he, I think Tony Salisbury did say that's how the track will play lanes one, two, three or four. And with the rail out four metres at the valley, um, I think it played as expected. But I guess if you're an owner, you've got horses like Granots and St. Lawrence engaged there, you basically knew that you are in a little bit of trouble before they jump. Yeah, and look, I think that I think that's right. Look, I think that's right. I don't even think lane four was any good, Gareth. Yep. I think you have to be hard against the fence or one off. And you know, that was that was indicated. I got some information after the races and it'll be interesting to see if the feedback comes. You see how many horses pulled up lane mm-hmm. and saw from that track? Was that how are your horses? Areas? How are your horses, Saint Lawrence and Yeah, no, look Grenots. I mean he he uh, he performed well and truly below expectations, but again you know, most of the races that he's been in, he's been able to settle in a position and, and sort of um, and have a bit of a break and then finish off. But yep. if you weren't in the first two or three, he was he was sort of off the bit chasing all the, all the way just to be there. So when he got there to sprint, he couldn't. And I thought Gringotts run. I certainly spoke to Ethan Brown after the last race and he just said, mate, the way he let down, he would have won anywhere. But the minute he sort of pulled four deep, it was... Ta-da. You mm. just could there's nothing you could do. You just got caught in the quicksand. Hawks, are you hang on with your own no there because we've got Liam O'Keefe, Johnny, and um well we had a team meeting like we do on the means test and we want to have a chat about these tracks and just pick the brain of Liam O'Keefe at the moment and get uh, his advice because he's regarded as the very best in the business with the job that he does at the VRC. Liam, thanks very much for joining us. No worries, Gareth. Morning, all. Um, from a racing fan, and you're a racing fan as well as looking after Flemington, do you think that racing needs to do more with the way that some are presenting their tracks? Um, it's, it's always a tricky one. Like, obviously, I, I, I work for Victoria Racing Club, so Flemington is a track that I manage, and we put all our time and efforts into that track. Um, but the more we can all work together to try and achieve the safest and best tracks, it's only going to be for the betterment of the industry. Johnny? Yeah, look, I mean, I'm a, I'm a 
Liam, obviously I know Liam pretty well and I know Kieran's got a good relationship with him and I must say most of the trainers do too. I think he does a wonderful job at Flemington and, um, you know, it's a really important role. I, I clearly think he's the best track guy in the country. Um, and again, um, from my perspective, McDonald's has lots of different outlets, but you know what? There's rules and regulations that are consistent across the whole lot. So a cheeseburger tastes the same in Russia as what it does in Shepparton. So in my opinion, we need to have one person running all the tracks, controlling all the tracks, and then people working on those tracks, but they need to report into one person and and uh, and start to set some new benchmarks around things. If the tracks aren't performing up to expectation, well, let's dig them up. Yeah. Let's go back and do them again. And there's plenty of race tracks in Victoria. It gives us a great opportunity to, to spread racing in different areas. But I just don't think, I mean, even leading into a Cox Plate for, for Mooney Valley, and look, I mean, I know I'm being pretty hard on the Valley here, but I just I just don't think it's a venue that you can you can invest money in anymore. So the scenario clearly there is, what do you do Cox Plate Day? If you're not in the first three, the way things are racing, and you're not hard against the fence at the moment, you can't win. I don't care what runs it. I mean, Maccabi Diva wouldn't be winning on these tracks. So- so, Liam, with that then, with the with the way that the Valley's played in the early part of the season, I know that you're not there, so it's difficult for you to comment, but is the track too old? Can it be fixed in your eyes? Oh, look, I'm not there managing that track, Gareth, so it is, it is hard, but um, I can only talk about the things that, that we do and, and with, you know, rail placement's really important for us, um, where, where you put that on the track to ensure that, you're preparing a, a fair track, and then and then how your maintenance is carried out is also very important um, to make sure that you're getting even compaction across the track, so that when you when you measure the track during the race week, you are getting an even measurement across the track. And we have to adjust things that we do with um, shaded areas of the track and, and different areas that receive more wind and less wind. So we try to counteract that with different things, but um, it just gets back down to measuring and monitoring the surface, so that if you pick up the one area is faster or, or slower than another. You can correct it uh, preferably early in the week or, or the week before so that then um, race weeks is fairly um, straightforward as possible. So if the information's correct, um, Gareth, and I'm not quite sure, I haven't spoken to anybody at Mooney Valley, but as I said, I do have people that walk tracks and, and there were some people there that certainly saw it. If they clearly understand the inside is as is as biased as what it is the rest surely they're not dumping water on it on a friday night and the saturday to try to square it up well i'll we can i'll ask tony salisbury in the next hour or so so i'll I'll see if i can get that confirmed for you johnny um but with other johnny's uh, johnny just mentioned is there a chance or is it possible that this could happen liam that you could have the one person overlooking all of the tracks in, in in Victoria, or is it too difficult with the different clubs there and the way that 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 um, the, the situation is here in Victoria that the the clubs employ the track curators? Yeah, it's probably a little bit difficult just because of all the separate clubs, uh, Gareth. Because you've just you've, you've you know you've got a separate board, separate CEOs, separate you know track managers and marketing managers and whatnot. So. Um, you know, the ATC does have a setup like that, but they're all the one club um, overseeing all the metro clubs. But certainly here in Victoria, um, that's that's not the case. So um, given that we're employed by each individual club, that, that would be difficult. Yeah. Do you, what's your philosophy with track walkers, Liam? Because I think sometimes they can have a different opinion than track curators. Um, you allow the track walkers to walk your track before each and every meeting. Um 
what's your thoughts about that? Because sometimes you do get mixed information from the different sources that, that, that do walk the tracks. Yeah, that's right. We do allow track walkers to walk the track that, that are investing a lot of money and they might have a lot of subscribers. So we want to ensure that they're you know, allowed to get the information that they need. And, and we get different opinions from different track walkers um, at each meeting. Some use different measurement sticks, some walk at different. Um, but I, I guess it's up to each individual to find their niche of um, how they like to walk the track and, and get their own feel for it. And, and we do get different opinions, but um, we have a pretty strict um, system in how we prepare the track and, and how we carry out the maintenance on there to make sure that we're not creating a bias. And it took me a good two years to really get my head around Flemington and, and put things in place to make sure that um, we could prepare the, the safest and fairest track possible. And it, it's only through a lot of hard work um, during the week and, and following each race meeting. Um, we put a lot of time and effort into rail placements, we use a lot of data in where the track will race at its best. Um, we make sure that we're not only thinking about the meeting coming up, but the, the next two or three meetings to ensure that we're not going to create lanes or anything like that in the track. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of hard work to make sure that you get it all right. Yeah. Hawksy? Well, at the end of the day, the bottom line is no, no, no one's going out to do, do it on purpose, right? And I'm not saying that it's an accident, but the bottom line is the track's due for uh, ripping up for the next 12, 18 months whenever, <clears throat> excuse me, they decide to flip the uh, flip the tracks around. And you got to go back to Octagonal winning the Cox Plate. He was the first Cox Plate winner on that brand-new track, and that was 1995. So if you have a look at it, mm. I don't think Liam will be upset if I tell you right now that... Uh, Flemington are looking in the next two or three, four, five years to be ripping up their track. And then, you know, I mean, we're an outdoor sport and not enough investment is put into the tracks. So at the end of the day, track walking is one thing because obviously sometimes when the track walkers say it's, it could be this, could be that, it, it might be completely different how a track actually races. But there's obviously issues there at Mooney Valley. And, I mean, the first thing I want to see is, I mean, let's talk about the elephant in the room and let's get everyone there on Sunday morning and start putting the track back, not waiting until this morning to start putting the track back from uh, from Saturday. It's You're talking, you know, 36 hours later that you're starting to repair the track. Well, Mooney Valley will say they don't have the money, so RVL needs to kick in here and just to get people to work on a Sunday morning to start tapping the uh, tapping the track back in it's that's that's just one very simple thing but we can't talk about this because then the club say they don't have the money then the curator says I don't get the money they can't say this publicly so I'm going to say it and I'm not saying this is exactly what's happened at Mooney Valley but if I'm guessing I reckon I'd be guessing pretty right. So just so I know you're a busy man Liam yeah, and you, you have to get going how often should tracks be upgraded is it a, is it a decade long process or um what 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 would be the perfect um time frame for for tracks to be um dug up and start and, and you start again to to give it the best opportunity to perform at its best yeah the sweet spot's probably about uh 15 years on sand-based profile tracks uh over time it builds up an organic matter underneath the turf and that effectively slows your drainage down. So when you find that sweet spot of how the track drains, uh, that that's determines when you take the top off. So as Wayne touched on, we're, we're taking the top off ours, planning to after 2027 when Mooney Valley's all completed. And that's just strategically around the organic matter, the layer in our track. We, we're 
probably starting to get a little bit vulnerable around wet weather now, so we want to make sure that we're, sure that we're on the front foot and we're going to re-turf the track, not not touch any of the drainage or anything like that, just essentially removing the game matter so that um, if we do get some rainfall on or around a race day, that we're not vulnerable and we can continue the race. Thanks for your insights, um, Liam, and I think you're in Tassie at the moment, so enjoy Tassie and we'll catch up with you a little later. Um, as we get set for a Flemington meeting in a few weeks' time, but we appreciate your time here on, on the means test. No worries. Thanks, guys. There's Liam O'Keefe, the boss of uh, the VRC, when it comes to the tracks there, Johnny. I just wanted to say, um, you know, again, he's a, he's a great guy, obviously a fantastic um, sort of controller of the tracks there at Flemington and always makes him his time available, Gareth. Um, we had a couple of runners in the, in the Melbourne Cup uh, a couple of years ago and, and a runner in the Derby. And to be able to give him a call earlier in the week, he'll go out and walk the track for you and Zoom and video it in for all of the owners just to give everybody an update. So I think he's a really good, open guy and he's a great promoter of racing. I had a, and I had a meeting with Tony Salisbury the other day and I think he's um, a man that's trying to do a job and it's not an easy job with the the, the, the circumstances in front of him with that Valley track. So maybe they got the, the rail in the wrong spot to kick off for their, their racing season. Basically, I know it was the, the last meeting of the, the last season, but that rail at five meters at, at um, talking to a few other track curators, it's difficult to, to where do you go after you, you, you start at that five meter spot. So um, hopefully it plays a little bit better as we get closer um, to the Cox plate, but, as a few of our experts today, Johnny, they thought that Mooney Valley played as expected with the rail at four metres. And there's a few questions coming through. And I ask you this question as an owner. Um, did you get it wrong placing your horses there then at Mooney Valley if they're back markers? Yeah, look, we had a few runners. Um, we had a horse That's called Sun Source that, we're, um, that went round in about uh, in the 1500, which was, where were we, about race three. So he was a get-back horse. Um, and obviously ran on really well through the rail. Damien rode it terrific. So the scenario is if there was another option to start him off in getting forward for the derby, we probably would have looked at it. Yeah. Um, from a Gringotts scenario in the last, and obviously it's frustrating for the punters because it was heavily backed. It was like 6 or $7 earlier in the week and started $2.70. Well, I think it's pretty clear that come to race um, seven, going back to what we were talking about earlier, um, we probably would have scratched um, knowing it was so biased towards the leaders. Um, but you can't. But, you know, you can't. Yeah. You can't. Do you reckon they need to change the rules there? Well, look, I think I think what we need to do is just provide a great opportunity for owners and trainers. And as you say, Tony's obviously doing the best job he can do and there's some issues with the track and we know that. But can we not change the rules around that? I mean, if we now sit down and I spoke to Trent about what we're going to do with um, with Sunsource. And effectively, you know, he's got a similar profile to a horse called Forgot You that we that we quite like, um, that sort of got into the derby and obviously hurt himself, And but his back ran well first up. And he went round in the, I'm pretty sure there's a mile and then a 2040 or something at the Valley for the three-year-olds leading in. Well, there's not much point going there. I mean, even if the horse is flying, because if he's got to get back and settle and balance, he obviously can't win, right? Yeah. Hawksy, just um, yeah. But, but I can, but I can tell you, forgot you did. So that's a couple of years ago. Yep. So the track's playing. I know we always say it's playing lead, a little leaderish, but 
it's playing a lot different to what it did, did a couple of years ago. If you quick, go back and have a look. Quick comment here, Hawksy, before we have to take a break here on the means test. It's not fair. The question you asked was, do should you did you get did you get it wrong taking your horse to Mooney Valley, knowing it might have been a leader's track? As a trainer slash owner, you have to go and expect that the track is going to be playing fair to everyone. We're not curators, and it's not our but, job. But tracks like it's our Rose job Hill. to get it there, though. Yeah, Rose Hill six but, meters out. You know that if you got a back mark, you're in trouble. That's. Well, may, maybe, and I mean the way the way physics is and things like that. I understand the further further out you go, but there's obviously other issues than that. I mean, imagine if the Memsey Stakes was twelve hundred this Saturday, and you got alligator blood at Mooney Valley that's going to jump and lead, and I wish I win. He'd, he'd be three hundred to one. I wish I win, mm. sitting back uh, sitting back last. And the other thing I quickly wanted to say was Liam touched on we are going to take the top layer off because of the drainage. Doesn't matter whether it's a racetrack or a training track, but all of the best tracks I've worked on between Adelaide and Brisbane, training tracks or race tracks, there's one common denominator that nails it, and it ain't it ain't a good curator. I'll tell you what it is: it's drainage. If drainage works well, it's amazing how you find that the tracks end up uh, racing uh, racing much better. Johnny. I won't have to ring Rod Lyons, but I'm actually going to give him a call and say, for God's sake, bring Nature Strip down for the two Group Ones here. Yeah, because good luck, they won't get anywhere near it, mate. It'll find the rail of Windy Six. I don't care what's in the rush. He's got to go to the Everest, I think. Um, 10, well, 25. I know he's got to do that, yeah. but if he just wants to knock off another little group, mate, it'll, I don't care what yeah. weight it gets either. It wouldn't matter. We're going to take a break on the other side of it. Butch Bourne is going to have a chat to us because he wants oh. to have a chat to Hawksy after Hawksy said he's, well, he his track's to. no he good. Let's get Butchie on. We'll, we'll come back with plenty more straight after this. Welcome back to Giddy Up. This is the Monday Means Test. Gareth Hall, Johnny O'Neill, Wayne Hawks with you. 10.31. Butch Bourne, he's the pride and joy of Seymour. He's the king of Seymour. He's produced a son that um, is the male model, really, of uh, the racing industry. And Will, who does a wonderful job as one of the leading bloodstock agents in this country. But we've got Great Butch. dancer. Yes. We've he's got, a great dancer. He's a great dancer. Um, we've got Butch on to have a chat about the Seymour track because our man Wayne Hawks was a little bit critical of the, the Seymour track there the other day. And Butch joins us on the line. Butch, good morning to you. Thanks for your time, mate. Um, how is the Seymour track? Because it's it's been a pretty tough six or six or seven years now with your your local track. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was a it was a sort of timing that Wayne brought that up last week because there's probably hasn't been a lot of clarity around the uh, historical events with the, you know, the renovation of the track. So I thought it would be just good to put a bit of context around what Wayne said the other day and just expand on on uh, the timeline of events, which uh, which sort of uh, was initiated in the, on the 20th of October 2015. Yeah. Um, so if you've got some time, I can give you a bit of background on that. Take it away, Butch. Right. So um, we had an 18 metre wide course proper, um, which Race Victoria said was very popular with the punters and turnover. So they said, we want to put money into it and, and uh, make the track bigger and better and hold more meetings. So uh, on October the 20th, 2015, they decided to go ahead with those works, which made the track uh, was, went from 18 metres wide to 23 metres wide. 
Now, the there was early early on when initially when they were doing the profile on the track, there was concerns shown by um, the people at the track around here that um, the profile um, may not be as what they thought it should have been. Now, uh, as far as the grade of sand or or which or the lack of. Um, and so they raised concerns early, but they were assured that this was going to uh, uh, be fine. Uh, so they had the first meeting on 9th of October 2016. And basically, it was just trouble from there on. Mm. Uh, the root system wouldn't take. Um, the profile uh, uh, proved to be, you know, like too, uh, too deep in sand and, the, and they couldn't hold a proper root system. Now... That was probably known after the first few race meetings um, that they continued to persist and said, no, it would come good. And they tried various things and it was just, you know, you know and, and there was significant kickback on the track and horses getting injured, et cetera, et cetera, with eyes. Um, uh, they tried a patch up in October, November 2019 where they took... Um, 10 mils off the top and re-sewed it, saying that that would that over with Kikuya, et cetera, and that would fix it. Now, they ran some more meetings post that, which proved to be wrong, and eventually, 9th of February 2021, uh, it was fully replaced. So they took the whole profile off the track and put a whole new profile on it, which, uh, after talking to Marty Sinan up here one day, who was up here overlooking it, assured me that it would be a very good track. But as of February 2021, it was still brand new. So it was going to take a couple of years for it to settle down. So um, that's where that lands us where we're at at the moment. Now, um, uh, I heard Wayne say the other day, he had a couple of horses with fat eyes. So just, just putting it in context around, uh, context around that is, um, you know, you can get, so the, from the average punter out there that's listening, you can get a fat eye at, other tracks as well, and it's not just restricted to Seymour. I had a couple of horses go around; they were fine. I'm not questioning what Wayne said; they're fine. But but it it just it's not the getting a fat eye from a from a racetrack is not confined to Seymour. So um, I would say that uh, they got it wrong back in October 2015. Mm-hmm. They persisted, and they should have. Um, uh, they they should have done something earlier because it was just never going to work. Uh-huh. But I can assure you now that it is a it, it it will be a good track. It's still in its infancy, but I, I think in time it'll be a very good track. Wayne, your thoughts there on, on Butcher's comments? <clears throat> yep, uh, don't disagree with what he said. Laid the track. The track was wrong. They put this track down to rain at six hundred mils an hour, right? Think about where Seymour is geographically. If they're getting 600 mils an hour at Seymour, the whole of the world is underwater. So Caulfield and Flemington are designed to run at 50 to 60 mil an hour, and they've designed this track up there to run at 600 mil an hour of drainage. So they've completely overdone it. So Butcher's right. The 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 grass wouldn't wouldn't hold, and it just kept digging down, looking for its roots, trying to get strong, but it couldn't. So what actually happened was that then the big fat clods were coming back and whacking horses in the eye. So I said what I said the other day, probably more in reference to when the track was, you know, back five years ago or whatever it was, that they were horses were getting clods of dirt. 
Now it was a mistake. It was wrong. Now he's gone now, but I don't. I don't care. Brian Kruger told me it was a mistake, and we all know that. I don't need him, former chairman of RVL, to tell me or Butcher or anyone else. But the bottom line is, I mean, how do we make these mistakes? Who is responsible for these mistakes? Yeah. I mean, if Butch and I made that many mistakes, we wouldn't have a horse to trade. So, Gareth, did, if you did... made that many mistakes, you wouldn't be on the radio. Well, I, I don't know about that. Hey, Hawks, no, did, you did your eyes... You, no, you wouldn't be. For eight, you, eight years. We're, we're running out of time, so I need to get to the point. Did your horses get black eyes there the other day? Yes. So, do you, Both of them. So, Butch, is it a safe racing surface there in your eyes? Is it oh, yeah. No, it's, what, what I'm saying is I've, I've had horses with black eyes all winter. I've spoken to, yeah. you know, the Hayes camp and Ma Yusuf and, and you know, they 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 get black eyes. In winter, is, that's when you get a fat eye from clots, mm-hmm. you know. So all I'm saying is is it's just to put it in context, you can get a black eye yeah. at any track in the wintertime. Yeah. So, so hopefully, 100%. So hopefully, 100%. hopefully we're on the right track, Butch, and we all can get there um, – to the Seymour Cup and for um, don't let Johnny's horse have any better luck if there's a track bias because um, he, he'll... No, we're welcomed oh, up with Butchie. Yeah. We're fine. Hey. We're going up. We're hey. going to go and have dinner with Butchie and Deb, Foxy yep. and I. Yeah, He's well, staying at the pub. Sadly, we've run out of time. Butch, thanks for your time, mate, here on the means test. Yeah, thanks, guys. There, there's Butch Bourne. I've got to get there's to the Butchie. news. It's 10.38. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support... Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Live across Australia on SEN Track, Giddy Up with Gareth Hall. Outside, there's four across the track, and Nadal moved up to Telez. Nadal wide out, takes the lead away. Game set match here. Nadal rips away for a big win over Telez. Macarena rattling home. In fact, Macarena got up to run second at the end, just in front of Telez, who got very so tight at the end. So that's basically an oh no for Hawksy, and a yes, yes, yes for Johnny O'Neill because Johnny part owned the winner with Aussie Kerr there with Nadal that they backed heavily, but. Geez, Hawksy, I don't know. He doesn't tip his horses, but he was telling he was he was telling everybody that he um, that this macarena is a good thing, and even told his great mate Jared Waitley on Waitley on a Wednesday morning, Johnny, and you just spoiled the party. You could have told him that your horse goes good, Johnny. Oh, we've lost Johnny as well, and Wayne. Um, this is working beautifully here on this Monday oh. morning for the means test. You there, Hawksy? Hello. Yeah, hello. Which one have I got here? Is this you, Wayne? Uh, you got, you got, you got me. I don't know what happened there, but uh, <clears throat> anyway. But I did, I did hear Darren Flindell's great race call of Macarena. Is that what you were getting at? Yes. No, we're just saying that Macarena was a little unlucky there on uh, Wednesday. <sighs> yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't wasn't pretty to uh, to watch. Johnny rang me up and said, "Oh, I've got one. Um, I've got a run on Wednesday with Kieran David in Sydney. It's up against Euros Macarena. Should we scratch? Because yours trial like a jet. I said, mate, I said, there's plenty of other horses on the race. And uh, this time of the year, if you're running in those sorts of uh, races with the unraced three-year-old brigade, you're going to always run into a snag as far as a good horse goes. So I said, don't be frightened of just one one horse. Sure enough, what happens? Johnny has all the luck, oh. and I had plenty of luck. It was called bad luck, and Johnny wins the race, and I run uh, I run second and was uh, desperately, desperately unlucky not to have uh, 
one and one will. Anyway, you got you got Wayne to tip this horse on on Waitley, so you get more of a price for Nadal, Johnny. Is that right? I can assure you that I had something on Wayne's horse and saved on mine because when I spoke to him, he sounded pretty confident. (laughs) So, um, any other O nos for you, Wayne? Oh, it was uh, it was a beauty on Saturday. It was race three at uh, at Rose Hill and. Jay Collard on my horse, Vegeta Sand. I I didn't even look at the stewards' report. I just uh, couldn't believe it. It was not uh, it was not pretty to watch Vegeta Sand on uh, on Sunday at Rose Hill. Like it's not a it's not a jockey bagging exercise. But I walked away from the TV and I thought I am dead set coming back as a greyhound trainer next uh, in my next life. All right then, Johnny. Yeah, I had to yell out to Joanne, my partner, uh, after race seven in uh, Sydney. Uh, I had to take my top off and my yeah. and my gear and put it in the uh, in the all white soaking stuff because I vomited all over myself when Tyler uh, <laughs> Schiller managed to. I'm not quite sure how he did it. I'm pretty sure it was racing. I'm not quite sure how he did it, but he went forward on a horse called Griff. Yeah, found a nice spot and uh, managed to get tangled up. Got his whip tangled up. Got it round his neck. It was like he was doing the Macarena. Yeah. On the horse. I've never seen anything like it. But anyway, um, all credit to him. He came back and rode the last winner, Diamond Diamond Dealer for Bjorn, very well. But I've got no doubt that uh, if he doesn't get tangled up the way that he did, um, I think Griff probably would have nearly won. I'll take it. Just, just, just so you know, boys, uh, Jay Collin came out after my race on Saturday and uh, rode the next winner as well, just to rub salt in yeah. the wound. Isn't it great? It's I'll take yeah, well, you boys probably get punished for your know sometimes. They think, well, I'll fix these lads up. We'll take a quick break on the other side of it. We'll come back with our yes, yes, yeses. Mr. Hawks and Mr. O'Neill, can you please report to the stewards' room? Well, this is an interesting one that has come across my desk. Cyrilio Miss, who's a very good mayor for Simon Wilde, has tested positive um, to a steroid. Um, well, it's found to have... Um, that substance or a type of steroid um, in its bloodstream there after that race there at Flemington on the 7th of July. Now, if that's the case, there's still, I guess, an inquiry impending. Until you have this inquiry impending, we'll find out a little bit more. But if it's true and they find that it has tested positive, then it'll be stood down for a year. At the moment, that horse is stood down looking at that rise of website. So she was one of the, the finds, I thought, of the the carnival there last autumn. Um, but it looks like we won't be seeing her for a little while. Yes, yes, yeses. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, where do we start? Sione was very good and Leon McDonald defeating See You in Heaven. Valor Road, training performance of the, the weekend for mine from Simon Miller. Hadn't raced for 15 months and wins first up an idyllic prince. This is a horse that won that featured two-year-old race in WA all those years ago, four or five years ago now for Valor Road. So it's been some training performance to keep that horse in the type of form that he has showed throughout his career. But 15 months off the scene and wins first up an idyllic prince. Um, and well done to Henry DeWy yesterday, taking out the national Grand National Steeplechase. Brungle Birdie first up to do that for Lee Horner, who was excited after the race. Um, and unfortunately for favourite punters, Stern Idol was down the track. It was a bit of a no-no. Um, any yes, yes, yeses for you, Johnny? Yeah, look, I think I've found someone for the punters here. Um, 
I watched Jamie Carr in the early days in South Australia, and I thought she was always going to be an outstanding rider. Um, Michael Hickmont and his wife Jade um, do a wonderful job with the apprentices coming over from New Zealand, and they've supported a lot of them over a period of time. Uh, they obviously supported Jess Eaton. She nearly won the uh, the premiership the year that Michael won. There's a young lady by the name of Kelsey Hannon. I'll be interested for you to speak to Butch about this from a Very New Zealand good. perspective. She claims three, came from Sean Field, and she's had eight rides since she's come to Australia for four winners and a couple of seconds. She's got great hands. She's a terrific rider, and I think um, I think she's the emerging talent and the next uh, the next person to follow in the footsteps of Jamie Carr. Oh, I think she's unreal. That's a big call, not putting any pressure on the young kid um, at all. Johnny, what about you, Wayne? Have you got a yes, yes, yes for us? Lee, Lee Horner's post-race interview after the Grand National was pretty uh, was pretty uh, pretty funny after <laughs> yeah. uh, after watching that. But uh, the date, Gareth, is the 28th of August. How good is it? First of September's around the corner. It hasn't been the wettest spring, not uh, wettest winter like last year. But gee whiz, I tell you, what, I know this is a stupid thing to say, but it sounds like it's been we, such a we've, long winter. This we've year. we've run out of time. We need to discuss this a little bit more in detail, but. What will be the headline act this weekend? So what will lead the news when it comes to racing um, after the weekend? Will it be Nature's Trip in the Concord? Will it be I Wish I Win defeating Brightside? Or will it be Alligator Blood leading all of the way? Hawksy? Go the blood. Go the blood. blood. Johnny, what will be the headline I'll act? I'll be like, I wish I was in, I wish I win. That's what will be leading. It'll just yeah. go whoosh. Uh, I know what, I know what the, the headline won't be. Johnny O'Neill named ambassador to the Moody Valley Racing Club. <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble again, Charlotte Mills. You need to go and have a meeting with Charlotte, Michael Brown. Yeah, get over it, get over it. Can you do that for us, Johnny? I'm very happy to do that. All I want to do is speak the truth. So if we get together and work it out, well, then that's fine. Nobody wants to. Truth's like poetry, Johnny. Truth's like poetry, and no one likes poetry. What about Hawksy throwing off Macarena? I think they understand you're an interpretation there. I I think they do. Have a wonderful wonderful week, lads. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 